This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, friends. Today is part two, how to build the perfect meal. So last week in the last week's episode, we talked about how to build the perfect meal, quote unquote, and that was more related to if you are counting macros, weighing and measuring your food, things like that. This week's episode is going to be more about if you are not really into weighing and measuring your food, you don't want to involve a food scale. And this is just a method that has worked for countless clients of mine, uh, as well as myself. If you just want to step away from the food scale, don't want to bother spending time using the food scale, weighing and measuring your food, because I'll be real, you know, weighing and measuring your food can be kind of annoying. (laughs) It can, it can be very time consuming, especially during the first two to four weeks while you're learning the process and learning how to do this and learning really just the nuances of weighing and measuring your food. So using your hand as a guide instead of a food scale. Yes, that's what I said. Using your hand as a guide instead of the food scale can actually really just help you get in touch with understanding what portions look like and really getting in touch with just how and what you're what you're eating yourself. So, this is hopefully going to be a good guide for for everyone listening. Even if you are a an expert or a pro at counting macros or doing flexible eating or dieting or if it fits your macros, whatever the heck you want to call it, whatever whatever it pertains to in terms of weighing and measuring your food. So, I like the idea personally of just being free of a food scale, you know, not being dependent upon that. I know right now I definitely am using a food scale just because I personally at this point in the season of my life, I am actually dying, dialing in certain aspects and just seeing how my body is responding to to certain foods. And I am using a coach myself right now just because it helps keep me unbiased. That is why, yeah, even coaches hire coaches because it helps. You know, we, we all have our own biases. And I think it's just really helpful to have someone that is just... It, as experienced as you are, if not more, guiding you along the way. Plus, you know, for me, I also learn along the way just from working with a variety of coaches over the years. So today's episode is is to help you really just find a way to build the quote unquote perfect meal uh, just using your hand as a guide. Okay. So there are some pros for most of us. Your hand is portable and it's with you every, everywhere you go. Of course, there are going to be individuals that do have, you know, various amputations or injuries to their hands. So it might not necessarily apply to them, but this is where you can kind of look at, you know, a deck of cards or something similar. And I'll be talking about that along the way today. Generally speaking, also your hand is size appropriate for your own body. Now I know some of us, no names, do have tiny hands. Uh, so maybe it's not as relevant or as accurate <laughs> for them as it is maybe for you. And that's fine because it's not a matter of being perfect. Okay. Even though the per- the word perfect is in the title of the podcast episode, by all means, I'm not trying to aim for perfect. I am just trying to aim for the most ideal meal portions for you. Okay. So the cons of using this method is it's not exact. 
like I just mentioned a moment ago, it's not really perfect. You could technically be over or under eating by not necessarily weighing your food or counting calories or things like that. But there's also negatives to counting out calories and counting your macros and weighing your food because again, it can drive you drive you mad. So, uh, you know, this is just meant to be a simple method. It's not meant to be exact or perfect. The other con is for meals that have a lot of ingredients, it can get a little overwhelming, especially as for at first while you are getting used to the whole process and just trying to figure out what this weighing and measuring or what this portion control method looks like for you. And I don't even really want to call it a portion control method as much as it is just a portioning and awareness method. Okay, so using your hand really as a guide is just meant to bring awareness to what you're eating, you know, much like tracking your food in a free app like MyFitnessPal or MyMacrosPlus or something like that. Much like tracking your food using those methods brings awareness to what you're eating, so does using your hand and just dialing in your portions and just being being aware of what you're eating, being a little bit more mindful of what you're eating. That is probably the number one thing that individuals can do no matter what their goals are, whether it's performance-based, whether it's, you know, fat loss-based, whether it's they're trying to gain muscle or trying to actually gain some weight, this methodology, it does apply and, and bringing awareness to your food and being mindful of what you're eating, that is the number one thing that you can do, no matter what your goal is, is just, you know, bringing some intention to your work, in intention rather to your, not only your workouts, but to what you're eating rather. Uh, And of course, you know, I just want to go ahead and preface this by saying that the best diet for you to follow is the diet that you want to successfully follow and one that you enjoy following. I'm I'm going to say that again because I really think that this needs to be driven home for a lot of folks. The best diet for you to follow is the diet that you want to successfully follow and one that you enjoy following. This is one that you will be consistent with, one that you will not necessarily feel like you're neglecting yourself and, and, you know, admonishing other foods that you really enjoy or not being social or not, not enjoying the culture of your food, you know, or the, just the, the social aspects as well as the cultural aspects of the food that you're eating. Okay. Much like I talked about last week, food is so much more than just fuel. It is your social life. It is the way that you connect to other people. It is the way that you connect to people that you love. And it is the way that you celebrate your heritage and your culture. And I think it's incredibly important to remember that no matter what the hell diet you're on. You know, it's very important to still eat the foods that are important to you. And because if you deny yourself of who you are and what you enjoy, uh, that's just going to make the yo-yo dieting effect that much more severe where you're ebbing and flowing much more drastically. Uh, and that's, that's what we want to avoid. All right. So in today's podcast, I'm definitely going to be focusing on ways that you can build your meal using a method that is even simpler than what I discussed in last week's episode about counting macros. Okay. So this is really a flexible approach and it's simple AF. So step-by-step meal building outlined here in the next few steps here. Before we dive in, I do want to go ahead and say, I will link in the show notes, the blog that I have that corresponds to this episode. And I think that will be great as a resource in case you do visually want to see what a palm looks like of certain portions, because I don't know about you, but I'm a visual person. I love listening, uh, but I am definitely a visual person. So I usually like videos and just in pictures. I'm like five. Uh, So definitely check out that link. 
And now we're going to dive into the methodology. So let me summarize some things here. Looking at your hand, I'm just going to cover the measurements, okay? Your palm, so your palm itself without your fingers, and this includes like the thickness and kind of the, the area of your palm, that is basically a portion of protein, okay? If you are, um, well, I won't go into the actual portions. Let me just go over the actual measurements first. So palm is a protein portion, protein portion, <laughs> protein portion. I cannot talk right now. If you close your fist, that is going to be a vegetable portion, a non-starchy vegetable portion. Okay. So greens, carrots, peppers, things like that. Your cupped hand. So if you open up your, your fist again, or open up your fingers again, and you cup your hand, almost like you're going to catch some water to splash on your face or, you know, to drink water out of your hand or something like that. That cupped hand there is your non-vegetable carbohydrate portion. So this is going to be a starchier carbohydrate. And then if you look at your thumb alone, that is going to be your fat portion. So from the base of your thumb all the way to the tip of the thumb, that is your fat portion more or less. Again, this is just to give you a little bit of an idea. So please note, you know, that a hand portion is the same shape as your palm, hand, thumb. So consider the thickness and diameter of the food as it compares to the actual hand. All right. Now, this whole method does assume that you're going to be eating about three to four meals a day on average. Of course, you can eat more meals if you need to. You can also eat less if you, you know, if your ideal meal interim is two meals per day. Great. That If that works for you, go for it. So just assuming that, you know, um, of course, the less meals you eat in a day, the more portions you might need to have per meal. So keep that in mind. Whereas the more meals you eat per day, the, the less portions you might have to have per meal. So again, it's all dependent upon your activity level, your hunger levels, and really just what your overall goals are to consider, you know, whether you're looking for weight loss, weight gain, things like that. So step number one, always select your protein of choice. Even if you are a non-meat eater, if you're a vegan vegetarian, that's fine. Go ahead and pick your plant-based protein. That is perfectly fine. But proteins generally for most people include meats, seafoods, eggs, Greek yogurt. I also really am a big fan of Icelandic yogurt. Greek and Icelandic yogurts tend to have a little bit easier uh, gut tolerance for folks who are diary, diary, gosh, I'm having a hard time with words, people. If you're a little bit dairy intolerant, most of the time I find that folks can still tolerate Greek or Icelandic yogurt, but please do that. Uh, only test that if you know for sure, right? I'm not asking you to get an upset stomach over this, but Greek and Icelandic yogurts do have a higher protein in, uh, content per container. So something to consider. Uh, cottage cheese is also a really good one. And it does have a little bit of a texture that sometimes drives people crazy and other people do enjoy the texture. So it's all up to you. And really anything else that includes more protein than any other macronutrient, such as carbs and fat, that's what's going to be more of a protein-based thing. So a thick sliced cut of bacon, that does tend to have more protein than fat, just things like that. So, you know, lunch meat, I mean, really anything. Now keep in mind that some meat and meat substitutes do have more fat than other choices. So consider those fats as part of your overall fat intake for that particular meal. Okay. So just keep that in mind. 
It's really important, especially for the vegan folks who are listening, because vegan substitutes do tend to have more fat, whereas vegetarian substitutes such as beans and things like that do have more carbohydrates. Okay. Now, a portion of protein, again, like I said earlier, is the size of your palm. A palm-sized protein, a uh, portion of protein is estimated to be about 20 to 30 grams of protein per palm. Okay. So for men and or individuals who are about 160 pounds or more, or excuse me, or less rather, oh my God, I'm just batting a hundred today or batting a thousand, whatever the hell the term is. Let me repeat. I'm going to rewind. For men and or individuals that are over 160 pounds or so, this is just an estimate, but do start with two palm-sized protein portions per meal. <laughs> I'm getting all tongue-tied. So again, two protein portions per meal, size of your palm. If you're a lady and or you're about 160 pounds or less, then start with one palm-sized protein portion per meal. Again, this is just an estimate. This is just to get you started. All right. So first things first, select your protein of choice. Aim for one to two palms of protein, depending on your size and your hunger and your goals. Next step, vegetables. Vegetables are incredibly important. And by non-starchy vegetables, I do mean broccoli, cauliflower, spinach, types of uh, mixed green salad that you can get, peppers, carrots, things like that. Basically things that are not starchy, such as potatoes and all of the, that magical, delicious stuff. Now vegetables, keep in mind, they they help you consume more micronutrients. So basically vitamins and minerals, but they also help increase your fiber intake overall. And they can also help just increase the volume of the food that you're eating. Because these things like looking at a bowl of salad, that takes up a lot more space in a huge bowl versus a cup of rice, right? So the volume of the the vegetables, the non-starchy vegetables are really what's going to keep you satisfied and help you with your hunger levels being a little bit more managed, especially if you are dieting. And it will just honestly help you with your overall digestion and health. So keep that in mind. A vegetable portion is again, the size of your fist. So clenched fish, fist, which often has about minimal amounts of carbs since vegetables tend to be more nutrient dense versus calorie dense. I know I talked a little bit about that last week in last week's episode, but I do want to reiterate that again. Vegetables have more nutrients instead of uh, calories, so they tend to be pretty low in calories. For men or larger individuals, do try to include two fist-sized portions of vegetables at every meal if you can. You know, for ladies, at least one fist-sized portion of vegetables with, you know, every meal. Or if you're a smaller individual, about 160 pounds or less. Now, my rule of thumb for everyone, regardless, uh, not excluding, you know, meals and things like that, is trying to get at least two fists of vegetables, non-starchy vegetables, per day. So at a minimum, at least aim for that. If you can at least aim for two fists of non-starchy vegetables per day, man, you're already doing wonders for your health right there, especially if you're not eating vegetables right now, okay? Not trying to call you out, but just keeping you mindful. The third step, choose your non-vegetable carbohydrate. These include things like grains, such as rice, um, fruits, starchy carbs like potatoes, sweet potatoes, things like that. A cupped handful size portion of carbs is estimated to have about 20 to 30 grams of carbs. Uh, so, you know, it's a lot like the portion of protein again, 20, 30 grams of protein per palm. This is going to be about on average, 20, 30 grams of carbs per serving from, for larger individuals include two cupped handful portions of, of, you know, of carbs at every meal. And for smaller individuals do include at least one cupped handful portion with every meal. Okay. Now, you know, 20, 30 grams carbs 
a, a cupped handful size because sometimes that might be a little bit hard to kind of calculate and see what that what that looks like for for everyone because I know sometimes we're not always super visual in terms of how do I explain this? We're not super visual. Like, you know, sometimes looking at a hand and like, especially a cupped hand, it doesn't look like a lot of food. So if it helps you, you know, try to think of maybe around two thirds or so of, you know, your actual, uh, a cup. So that's going to be roughly about the same portion. And again, this varies, especially depending on your hand size. So it could be anywhere between a half cup portion of grains, like rice and things like that, all the way up to like a full cup. Again, just totally depends on the actual person, okay? Next step, step number four, is choose your fat source. Fats include things such as oils, nut butters, nuts, seeds, butter, and lots of other choices. (laughs) Avocados, you know, grass-fed butter, things like that. Those are the things that I usually go for, especially avocado. I'm a huge avocado fan. I love avocado. Uh, And I do also like some nuts and seeds as well as some grass-fed butter. Kerrygold, by the way, makes amazing grass-fed butter. And uh, they're not too, you know, extraordinary in their pricing. So definitely check it out if you are a butter person like I am. So your thumb is a portion of fat. Each thumb is about seven to 12 grams of fat, roughly could be up to 15 grams fat, you know, so think about average averages here. So averages here, you're looking at about maybe 10 grams of fat per per portion. Okay. This is roughly going to be a tablespoon of oils and things like that. Or, you know, if you're looking at dairy fat, especially if you're a cheese fan, cheese about an ounce. So if you look at nutrition labels, a lot of the portion sizes are going to be equivalent to what I'm outlining here. Four ounces of meat, for example. Hey, guess what? That's about 20 to 30 grams of, par- of protein per portion. Pretty cool, right? And if you look at the food label, that's pretty much what is going to be the standard serving size. Same thing with rice. It's going to be about 20, 30 grams of carbs per serving for rice. And generally for rice, it's, you know, it all depends on the packaging, but generally you're looking at about an ounce um, of dry rice uh, to two ounces of dry rice. That makes the actual serving, which is usually about like, I don't know, about 100 to 120 grams cooked rice, um, which is, you know, anywhere between a cup or less, depending on, depending on how much you steam it and things like that. Okay. So with the fat, Again, that's going to be about an ounce of dairy fat. You know, if you are doing like cheeses or things like that, as well as a tablespoon or so of like oils and whatnot. Now for larger individuals, try to do two thumb size portions of fat at every meal. And then for smaller individuals, try to aim for at least one thumb size portion of fat with every meal. Okay. This again is just an estimate, but I do want to take it to one more step. Step five, season your food, please. Don't eat bland food. If you eat bland food, you're just not going to enjoy life very much. Seasoning your food definitely makes it taste richer. It makes it taste more appealing. And it allows you to adhere more closely to your nutrition plan and your goals and things like that. If you're eating bland food, it will be boring, okay? Don't don't have a pedestrian palate is what some of my friends call it, where it's just kind of boring food, unless you really like boring food. For me, you know, seasoning, I'm real big on um, Flavor God. Flavor God does make some really good seasoning. Uh, Some of it does have salt-free seasoning. Totally up to you and depending on your actual health goals right now, if you do have to watch your sodium intake. But it is something to consider because they have fun flavors. They even have like glazed donut flavor. I forget what the heck I have in the the cupboard right now. Um, 
but they have a lot of a lot of flavors to choose from. It does tend to be a little bit more on the expensive side, but a little bit goes a long way for their their seasoning. And you can usually get package deals, and their seasoning lasts forever, depending on how heavy you season your food. Uh, it does last quite a while because they are pretty large containers, and you can get bundles and things like that. But I do like Flavor God. They have not plugged me at all. They have not paid me at all. I pay them <laughs> for their product. I'm just saying, you know... Um, I usually really enjoy their their flavors quite often, uh, as well as just large seasoning. You know, like I do fresh ground salt, uh, sea salt, as well as fresh ground pepper. And, you know, that is definitely godsend when it comes to actually flavoring food simply and effectively. I also really like onion powder, uh, chipotle flavors, Adobo is a really good seasoning. If you, if you, uh, actually, if you want that, I might be able to, let me see if I can add that to the show notes because there is a, a recipe that we recently did on uh, the past year or two and it's such a great flavor. Oh my God. I love it when we get grilled chicken and things like that with the adobo seasoning. Oh, mm. Insert chef's kiss because it is amazing. And, you know, keep in mind, I am from Florida. I do tend to like pretty well seasoned food. Um, you know, especially considering the, just the smorgasbord of, of flavors and, and cultures down there. Um, they tend to be very well seasoned. So especially Cuban food, uh, very highly seasoned food, and it's just amazing and delicious. And I just can't get enough of it. So I tend to like things that are pretty seasoned. I used to like things that were excessively spicy, but I think now it's getting, it's getting to me as I've gotten older. Uh, unfortunately, I think my body's starting to revolt against highly, highly spicy foods. So mm, makes me sad, but season your food. Even if that means finding certain sauces and things like that that you like. I'm a big sauce fan. I really like tzatziki. That's pre-made. I also have been on a kick these past couple weeks with this pesto from uh, Blue Moose in Boulder here in Colorado. It's amazing. If you're if you're a local Coloradan, definitely check it out. I, and, you know, we have some really awesome food choices here in Colorado. And, uh, you know, I guess that's it. that is why we have the rad in her name. Um, Colorado is rad and it's one of those situations where I think it's just a matter of finding the sauces that you like and definitely check out local farmer's market. You know, a lot of individuals, a lot of local, you know, crafts folks, uh, farmers, things like that do sometimes often make sauces that complement the food that they grow. So it is worth checking out. Plus you're supporting a local business, which is really awesome. So that's why I usually tend to go for local brands if I can and when I can. So definitely check that out. Uh, let's see, tzatziki, uh, also hummus. Hummus is a really good one. If you're a little bit hesitant of the fat content in hummus, that's fine. It's olive oil. It's a healthy fat. Definitely uh, check out some lower fat options, or you can make your own with just less or no olive oil at all, actually, if you want. And hummus without olive oil actually tastes pretty good because I have I have purchased it pre-made. I have also made it without olive oil in the past, and it's not that bad. It actually it tastes just like hummus, to be honest with you. It just doesn't have that oily oily mouthfeel. Um, I probably shouldn't have said that. That sounded weird, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, in case you're not a big fan of that, you know. And I know I know texture is incredibly important for food and just how we like food and things like that. So. To summarize, this method that I outlined, it does help you portion control and estimates around 2,300 to 3,000 calories for larger individuals as I outlined. 
um, all the way down to about 1200 to 2100 calories per day for, for the smaller individuals that I outlined. So it all just depends on how many meals you're eating per day and how many portions you're eating at each of those meals. And again, this is just an estimation, but an estimation is a hell of a lot better than not knowing how much you're eating in a day and not really having any idea and wondering why you're hungry and wondering why you're getting hungry, especially in the afternoons, you know, when your energy might be plummeting or just reducing or going down a little bit lower and you're getting a little bit fatigued and you feel like you need that coffee that some folks, you know, feel like they need in the afternoons. And the reason for that is because maybe your your meals prior to that energy drop just haven't been balanced enough. And my biggest, that's why I really, you know, tend to support proteins and vegetables first, you know, get the protein in. The protein really is what can help balance out your blood sugar throughout the day. And especially if you're coupling that with the carbohydrate and, um, and eating, you know, just a balanced meal in general is going to really help regulate that blood sugar throughout the day. And ultimately, you know, regulating your blood sugar is really what's going to help you keep those energy ebbs and flows a little bit more consistent throughout the day, which is incredibly important. Okay. So keep in mind that this is just a place to start to figure out the appropriate portions for you and your goals and your energy levels. It's this is where it's really critical to listen to your body when you start using this method of portion control. Okay. So just know this is just an outline to help you get started with how to go forward with this. So I'm going to recap it real quick for men and or individuals that are over who are over about 160 pounds or so. This is just an estimate Two palm size protein portions of, um, of protein rather at each meal. So you're going to get about six to eight portions per day, two fists of vegetables with, with each meal, or at least, at least two fists of vegetables per day. If, if you're not eating any vegetables, at least try to get one or two fists per day, please. Just for the sake of your own health. So if you get two fists of vegetables with every meal, you know, that's going to be about six to eight portions per day. And then two cupped hands of non-vegetable carbs. So starchier carbs with every meal. So again, six to eight portions per day. And then finally, two thumbs of fat with each meal. So about six to eight portions per day. And again, that's going to be about 2,300 to 3,000 calories per day, depending on how many portions you're doing. Now, if you're a lady or an individual, you know, under 160 pounds or less, just a small statured individual, Again, this is just an estimate. You're going to cut all of that in half. So about one palm-sized portion of protein with every meal. So about four to six portions a day. Same thing with the fists of vegetables, but try to aim for at least one to two fists per day if you can, if if you're starting from scratch. And so that will be about four to six portions per day. And then one cupped hand of non-vegetable carbs, so starchy carbs with every meal, so about six to, four to six portions per day. And then finally, one thumb of fat with every meal, so about four to six portions per day for that. And that will be about 1,200 calories on up to roughly 2,100 calories. So if you're on the lower end of the portions per day, that'll be closer to 1,200 calories. And if you're on the higher portions, closer to six portions per day, you're going to be closer to 2,100 calories per day. Keep in mind, If you are an active individual, you should probably be aiming for minimum of 2000 calories at a minimum. And I know a lot of you listeners are, you know, big mountain bikers, skiers, snowboarders, crossfitters, you are active individuals. So you are going to be wanting to aim for closer to about 2000 calories, depending on your goals. Now, of course, fat goals might look a little bit different. 
Uh, but for performance and overall just happiness, yeah, try to aim for right around 2000 calories per day at a minimum. You might need even more. I know I've been upwards of, you know, sometimes close to 3000 calories per day, even on, but on days that I'm not really bike riding just because I, you know, I, my build supports that I need a little bit more, um, more calories just because of my muscular, uh, stature and I'm short. So there you go. Uh, but you know, again, keep this, keep in mind, this is just where to start. So if you're trying to lose weight, but you've hit a plateau, then eliminate a cupped handful of non veggie carbs. So starchy carbs, or you can reduce your daily fat intake by a half thumb or a full thumb portion at one or two of your meals per day. So start with little adjustments. If you're not finding yourself making progress and it's, it's been more than a, been more than two weeks. Okay. So plateaus last a lot longer than two weeks. Y'all just to let you know, don't freak out if the scale doesn't budge or your measurements don't budge in two weeks, like maybe even give it four weeks. Shit takes time. I'm just going to let you know this shit takes time. We need patience. The biggest ingredient you need in your meal is patience. You need to put on your patient pants because sometimes, especially if you've been dieting for an extended period of time, you're going to need to eat a little bit more food. You're going to have to give yourself a diet break. You're going to have to bring your hormones up to a healthier level. And then you're going to have to diet down again. If you, if that's what your goal is with weight loss, like let's freaking stop doing this wrong. Um, sorry, I get really passionate about this. Now, the opposite end of the spectrum, if you have difficulty gaining weight during a mass gain, so if you're trying to increase musculature or just increase your weight, then you may have to add a portion, an extra portion of cup tan, you know, carbs, uh, such as rice. <laughs> I'm a big fan of rice or even, you know, an extra thumb of fat. It depends on if you like fat or if you like carbs, it all depends on what you prefer and do that to, you know, one or two meals per day and see what that's like. That's another, you know, hundred calories or so per day, 200 calories or so per day, do these small incremental changes and not increase your caloric, you know, intake by 500 calories. Don't do anything extreme. Again, start small, go there, do that for a few weeks, check in with how, check in on how you're doing, how your biofeedback questions are. I know stuff I've, I've talked about in the past, you know, how's your mood, how's your sleep, how's your performance, all of that needs to be taken into consideration before you make adjustments to how much you're eating and things like that. All right. It's a lot more important than the scale folks. So remember, this is just an outline of how you can portion your meals and make them as balanced as possible. Keep your energy as balanced as possible throughout the day. Along the journey, speed bumps can be expected, you know, like maybe overeating at a friend's wedding or at your own wedding. But that, that little speed bump is not what's going to completely throw you off course because you're being consistent throughout the rest of your meals throughout the week. So don't let holidays, don't let family gatherings or, or, you know, funerals or celebrations or weddings, don't let any of that, or even just a night out, like, hell, I went out last night with some friends, enjoyed some wine, had some great food uh, at a local restaurant, a new local restaurant here in Denver. It's fine. That one night last night is not going to throw off my whole week unless I let it. Okay. So just do the same for yourself. Remind yourself that if you're consistent for most of your meals, that's really what's going to make a big deal. Okay. If you're drinking a six pack of beer every night, yeah, that's going to make an impact as well. So just think about what, what the balance looks like for you. Okay. Anyways, 30 minutes in, I think I've talked enough about this. If you have any questions, email me, jen at shifthumanperformance.com. You can find me on my website, shifthumanperformance.com. Do join. I'm going to link in the in the show notes. Dude, please join my email list. If you're not already on it, I email about once to twice a month. Not too bad, right? Uh, but I'm going to be doing some webinars coming up. 
here in the next few months about moderation and about eating and what that looks like for you, because I will be starting a new program just with, uh, based on the moderation 365 mindset and that methodology that my coach uses. And I think it's incredibly important because it is something that I do want to share with you all. And, uh, we'll be doing that, you know, late this, this year. And that way you can start off, you know, 2022 on a good foot with some good goals in hand. Okay. So I appreciate you so much for joining. If you're, if you're moved and this has helped, please share it with a friend or rate review. Give me a high five, whatever that looks like for you. That would mean the world friends. I hope you have a beautiful day. Again, if you have any questions, let me know, but I will catch you next week.